everyone, and welcome back to Tension of Opposites. And we are back with a brand new series that is opening up today. And to be entirely honest, I have no idea how I feel about this. I've noticed that some things have not changed. I'm still sitting at the foot of the bed, still have my laundry behind me, and still recording episodes twice, apparently. I have already recorded this episode, but I am not satisfied with it. And so this is my second go. I'm a bit nervous about this because I feel like the first series went really well. I think this is the first time that something went exactly as expected. I've went in depth. I've talked about everything that I wanted to say, everything that I'd been keeping inside for all these years, just because it never felt appropriate to talk about the hardest parts of it. And now I'm really, really ready to move on to the next phase. But at the same time, if the year abroad, the high school year abroad, is a program that is known, but not really many people do it, the program and the series I will be talking about today is widely known and widely done, especially in Europe. This is mainly Europe-based. With this program, which is done during the university period, there's a very specific idea of how it's supposed to go down. It's the Erasmus program. And safe to say that I did not do it right. It's kind of sad to say, in a sense, but I wanted to get that out of the way immediately. I have a friend of mine who is currently doing the Erasmus, yes, during Corona times. And so through her, I got to relive some experiences, see what she's going through, seeing how she's confronting herself with people her age or people who are not her age and how they really came there with a specific mindset of how it was supposed to go down. And it just reminded me of how I felt prior to leaving, when I was there, after I've left. It's just something that to me brought a constant state of comparison to what the stereotype of the Erasmus program is. And I did not manage to live up to that expectation. I don't want to dampen on the entire experience. Of course, I will be able to talk about the positive aspects as well. But this is why I'm calling the episode where it was chasing a cliche. Because that is really what I was trying to do at the time. I definitely had different intentions behind me leaving again. But once I was there, I was adamant about living it in the way it was supposed to be lived. And I think that led to more disappointment on my side. But I already feel better. Now I feel a bit more comfortable. Now that I took it out of the way, I am ready to begin and explain from the start. Prior to the episode of the interview with Jason, I described a little bit of what it was like once I came back from my experience in the States. So at this point in time, I am 17 years old, almost turning 18. And I had a bit of a sense of disappointment because to me, nothing felt like it changed. Obviously, it would have been a bit more complicated if I had come back and my best friends were not my best friends anymore, or certain dynamics would have changed both family-wise and friendship-wise. And luckily, nothing did. But on the other hand, it just enhanced this sense of feeling stuck. I felt really, really stuck when I came back. Because when I went to the States, I was forced to bring out this part of my character, which had always been in me. But in the States, it just came out so violently that once it came out, it was really rough around the edges. I was really rough around the edges. So when I came back, I just felt this constant, 
discomfort. My family was always the same, and obviously they saw me as how I was prior to leaving, and quickly I noticed and they noticed that it just wasn't the same. I would just react in a much more harsh way when things weren't going the way that I wanted to. Before, when I was in the States, I was in a family where, okay, I had a host mom, I had a host dad, I had a family environment, but they only had a certain amount of power over me. Because obviously I'm not their daughter, they thank God, respected my spaces. But I think up until the point, I never really had my own spaces because I was sharing a room with my sister. I was always within the context of a big family. I was always the youngest one in every place that I found myself in. And then suddenly I'm in a situation where I am the eldest. I have two younger sisters. To them, I'm the one who's doing all these new experiences, who is the mature one who's going to high school, who's getting graduated, who will be thinking about college. And I just had so much more liberty with what I could do. You guys heard Jason. He always gave me as much liberty as he could. Same thing with the host mom as well. And it was just never questioned. And so I had so much more independence, so much more choice to do what I wanted to do. And so I think when you access and you tap into that level of freedom, even within a context where you're still heavily reliant on everything around you, it just changes your way of seeing the world. And so when you come back and everything is exactly how you left it, it feels like a struggle. It feels like you really feel out of place. On the one hand, you're grateful to be back to certain things that you missed, to probably more stable environments. But at the same time, it just feels like a constant, what is this? What am I? I feel like I managed to get out a part of my character that was so different, that was so new, that I was really proud of because I had created that person. But then you realize that certain aspects can just work in certain environments and the liberties that I could have over there just did not work back at home. Some things I just would not accept them anymore and it would start bothering me and it would start just answering in a very rude way, in a very bad way. And uh, I think that was the biggest shift within the family context. Within the friend context, I was definitely more confident and I was more independent and I had no problem walking up to people and talking to them. I was definitely still timid, but if something bothered me, I would say it. That was the biggest thing and something that I keep to this day. I cannot keep it to myself as something bothers me. I have to, it, you will see it on my face, first things first, but it will have to be expressed at some point. It's like there was this voice in my head that was always thinking these things, that was always keeping them to herself. And then at a certain point, it felt like that voice just came into my voice and it's like word vomit. It cannot be not said. It was also cool because I think in the States, there's a much more laid back mentality as to just interacting with strangers. Something that surprised people was that I felt just more comfortable just having random conversations with people. And I remember that I had to like count three to one and then do something. So it was like, ah, oh, maybe we should ask this person to do this. Or maybe we should propose this thing. And then they were like, no, as if. And then I remember it would be like three, two, one. And then I would be doing something. It was definitely a big shift compared to how I was before. That middle period between the high school year abroad and the Erasmus program was just a moment of rediscovering certain things and just feeling really, really stuck because I felt like the environment was the same one and I just felt that I could not bring out this other part of myself because I felt like maybe I needed some sort of external encouragement that at that age maybe I didn't find. But quickly we get to university 
and with that, the choice of what I wanted to do and what I wanted to study. To be entirely honest, I had no idea what I wanted to do. My choice of university must have been the laziest choice ever. I remember we had gone with school. There was one of the um, teachers that had gone to this university. So then sometimes we would be doing open days of different universities. And we went to this one. And there was this friend of mine, a close friend of mine who was a year older than me. She had done the year abroad as well. We went to the open day. I talked to her. I said, hey, how do you like it here? She said, oh, yeah, no, it's super nice. The environment is nice. People are friendly. The classes are interesting. And I literally thought, okay, good enough. (laughs) And that's how I chose my university. I didn't really know what to do. And so I thought that I needed something that was a bit of a buffer. So I chose, lo and behold, languages. I did interpreting and translation in English, French, and Arabic. And so I just very naively stepped into this university chapter of my life. This new chapter, which I was very happy to start, it felt so refreshing to be in an environment in which I was choosing my friendships. That's what it felt like. I think the first year is very experimental. It's the first time that you can decide what you can do with your life. You can decide if you want to follow classes. So the first semester was quite interesting and fun and laid back because I I guess I didn't realize that at the end of that semester, I would have had exams to do. And then when the exam session came around, oh shit, okay, so this is, this is real. This is actually tough. I'm not going to say that it's hard because to be honest, languages, it's not hard. It's just you have a lot more translations and homework than you need to do, which takes up more of your time because it feels like an extension of high school. But I think it starts going a bit wrong for me when I start realizing that I'm not as good as I thought that I was. When I was in high school, I really did not do much. I didn't used to study a lot. And yet I could get some fairly good grades. I would study everything at the end, right before having the exam, and it would always work out fine. So that naturally made me think that I was some sort of a genius. (laughs) That Things just come naturally to me. And instead, when you go into an environment where obviously you're confronting yourself with so many more people from all different environments, and you see that your grades are not really that great, they're not bad, but they're just not that great. And it comes with so much effort on top of that, which you never really applied before. It's a sobering moment, but it's also a sad moment because it makes you think, okay, so in reality, I'm just as mediocre as everybody else. Okay, great. Good to know. So I think towards the middle period of my first year of university, I had that. I had a lot of that sense of dread as to why I wasn't as great as I thought that I was going to be. I really thought that it was going to be so easy for me. And then I realized, okay, these exams are really not that hard and still I'm not doing very well. And I naively thought that it was all a one-size-fits-all situation. And if I wasn't excelling, I was definitely not doing well. That year was not a good year. In general, the entire extent of my first year of university, realizing certain things that maybe I wasn't as good as I was. So a lot of insecurity in that sense. You have to start your friendships from scratch. And on top of that, I felt that there was always a part of me that was silenced, whether I liked it or not. There was a part of me that would have been there. It's like there was another Elena that was sitting next to me that would have reacted to a joke in a different way, that would have made a snarky comment. And so I think it's just a very tricky adaptation period when I already had an issue with understanding 
who I was and how this new me fit in this old environment. Amidst all of that, I want to do the Erasmus because I felt like clearly the reason why I couldn't express myself and I couldn't be fully myself was that I needed to be in an environment where I needed to challenge myself, where I needed to be confronted with new experiences. I needed to be in a place where nobody knew me so I can reinvent myself as much as I want. I think that is one of the coolest things of doing experiences abroad is that you can really be whoever you want to be because you will never have someone who knows you that will stop you and will be like, wait, you're not usually like that. I always had this weight of how I was before, which wasn't really me, and now I'm this new person and I cannot fully express it. My idea was solely based on the fact that I needed a way out so I could tap back into that person that I had become when I was away. I had not even thought about doing it so early on. Usually the Erasmus is mainly done the third year of university, not the second. So basically, it's a program that's based on what grades do you have. So if you have a good average, you can be able to access and to win a scholarship, you have more opportunity. But by the time that the applications for the scholarship came out, I had done one exam and then I had done a partial exam. So I had nothing with me. I heard that people were talking about it, but I think I had never really considered the idea of doing it so early on. But the main reason why I changed my mind on that was my sister. By this time, we are at my second semester of my first year of university. My sister left and she went to do her Erasmus. She did it in Madrid. And she was just so happy. That's what I remember. I remember that she was in a really, really cool mindset. She had never done any other experience abroad beforehand. She did it for her third year of university. And from the start, she just had the most blissful experience I've ever seen anyone have. She arrived there. She stayed in a hostel for not even a week. She found this amazing apartment that was in a very cool area where all the clubs and all the life of Madrid is there, I guess, especially of young people. And she was with two American roommates. I clearly remember her sending me a picture of her with a glass of wine and was her first night moving into the apartment. And from there onwards, I just kept seeing the pictures of all the stuff that she'd done, the university that she went to, the fact that she was going out four times a week. We went to visit her. Her apartment was amazing. The area in which she was living, she was glowing. She was so happy. And I just remember seeing her and I was like, hmm, okay, so I guess, I guess this could be an option. Sadly, I've noticed that as we're going along, Erasmus is starting to become something that you need to do in order to prove on your CV that you have done an experience abroad. And it's so sad, to be honest. I know that everyone always thinks, ah, oh, we were the last good year, but I feel like with us it was still something that you did if you really wanted to just try something new, throw yourself into an adventure. You were either going there to party constantly or you were going there hoping that you would be able to find equivalent of the exams that were much easier compared to the exams that you had to do back home. Those were really the only main two reasons why someone would leave. So I decided to apply and I don't think there was really a conversation with my parents about it. It's very hard to describe because I remember for the year abroad, I really had to push for it, especially because they didn't want me to go to the States. But with this one, given that it's something that is so known, I think they were expecting that I would have wanted to do it. 
and it was something that you had to earn with the Erasmus scholarship and blah, blah, blah. So I really do not remember having any conversation about it around the fact that I would be leaving at all. Even up to the point where I leave, I do remember like it was yesterday, the day that I left for the States, the mind state in which my mom was, especially, but my family in general. I don't even remember who took me to the airport. I don't remember if there was any kind of sad goodbye. I really don't think there was. I have so many empty parts of this plot, I really do not remember it. I was applying, but it wasn't a given that I would have been picked. It wasn't a given that I would have accepted. I think I felt a lot more comfortable because of that, because I had a lot of choice. As to deciding where to leave and where to go to, that was also something that completely happened by exclusion. I was definitely not going to go to an English-speaking country again. I think Arabic countries were not even on the list, but I don't think I would have felt comfortable to do that at that point. So by exclusion, given that I was studying French, the natural option was to go to France. I had been to Paris when I was like 10 years old, and then I had done an exchange, like a language program thing when I was in my second year of high school. And that was in the south. It was in Sarafael. But other than that, I really had no opinion about France. I didn't really care about it. But I heard that a lot of people had done their Erasmus in either Paris or Lille. And you can put up to three choices of university. So I thought I will do exactly what my sister did. It will be less cumbersome compared to what the year abroad was. It will be just five months of pure having fun, doing nothing. I needed that release. I needed to have that moment where I was, again, living on my own. I think I just felt very claustrophobic in my own life. And so I applied for five months and I applied for Paris and for Lille. So I had spoken to some people who had done it. And as for Paris, I thought maybe if I were to go to a capital city would be different. It would be a cosmopolitan experience. I remember my sister saying... Yes, that's definitely an option, but Paris is very big and very expensive, so think about it clearly, because obviously Madrid was cheaper in comparison. And I think the quote-unquote idea of the Erasmus experience, when you think about it, you think about an experience more like Spain. I think it's just a different way of living it. I just knew that I was going to do five months, I was going to do my second semester so I could get rid of all the tough exams by then, and that's it. By March, we're mid-second semester, the results come out of the scholarship. So you basically have a list of who is eligible for what experience. And I was surprised to find out that I was listed for Paris. And the second that I read Paris, I really did not know how I felt about that. By that time, I was speaking to so many people who had done the Erasmus and so many people were suggesting go to a smaller place. It's just easier to walk around. It's easier to live in. It's going to be much cheaper. You will get to know really well the city and the place that you're finding yourself in. And I think an important aspect that I have not mentioned up until this point is the historical context in which I found myself at the time I was applying to go to Paris. It was a couple of years of terrorist attacks that were becoming more prominent throughout Europe. They had happened in Paris as well. And it was just a historical political moment of tension. And every time you would go on the news, you would just see that it was just something that was happening so much more. And it was 
happening a lot in France, all throughout France. I had chosen France because that was pretty much the only option that I had left out of exclusion. I didn't really think much about going to France. I just thought, I've been studying French for five years. I still don't know how to speak it well. To this day, I still do not know how to speak it well. But I thought, I will just give it a go and probably this will be where I'm actually going to learn how to speak it. The second that I read Paris, though, it had been after a month of looking a bit more into it, paying more attention when I heard the name you know, Paris, when I heard France, and just realizing that it was a dangerous moment to be there. It didn't feel safe. It's just so weird because this would have been the most normal experience. I found out in time. I had time to prepare for it. I had time to be excited for this experience that I was doing, something that I did not have the last time that I applied for something. I got a family barely a week before leaving for the States. Instead, in this case, I found so many more months in advance where I was going and I had time to prepare for it. But to me, I just had the opposite reaction when I saw that. So one component was that. The historical pressure, the suggestions that people were telling me, just the dangerous state in which Europe was finding itself, I guess. It has happened also before, but I was just not aware of it up until the point I always lived in my little bubble and I did not know what was going on. And (laughs) the last thing that really set me into a whole internal crisis was that I read Paris and then I looked down and then it said nine months. Wait, I did not apply for nine months. That's not what I asked for. I asked for five months, specifically second semester five months. So then I'm so confused. Why is it nine months? I don't understand. I applied for five. So I go to the Erasmus office. The beginning of many, many times I started going there. The lady saw me visibly in shock. I think it was just so much stress that was happening at that time period. The exams, the classes that were not going well. I started an internship in an embassy. I was just all the time. I was all over the place. I was so stressed. And the lady told me, Université de Nouvelle only accepts a minimum of nine months. They only accept fewer students for a full academic year. And I think she just saw me visibly stressed. And she was telling me the other option would be waiting if someone drops out of Lille and deciding if you want to do Lille instead. So now I was even more confused because this is my choice. For some reason, I managed to get Paris. And to be honest, in hindsight, I really think that I got Paris because not a lot of people were applying for it because it was just a very dangerous time period. This really puts me in a funk. I don't have so much responsibility if it's not my choice and then I'm not really failing because I did not choose it. Fucked up, I know. But this is really how I thought about it. The reason why I did not want to do an academic year was that I knew what doing a year abroad felt like. They say that a year flies by. It does not fly by. It's not true. It's total bullshit. And so... Having the perception so vividly in me of what nine months felt like, what nine months represented, I was so terrified because I knew that mentally I wouldn't have had the strength to do that again. Regardless of the fact that it would have been a different experience entirely, I think you just know, you just feel it in your bones. You know what being away from your family for that length of time feels like. And you just think, okay, no, I cannot put myself through that again. I think the thing that made it even more complicated was that I really didn't feel like I could open up to anyone about this. By this time, I had a couple of good friends in university, a couple of good friends from high school, but no one really understood what I was going through because they hadn't done the year abroad before. 
and no one had applied for the Erasmus. That was also another thing. None of my friends applied for the Erasmus. So also that made me wonder, am I doing it wrong? Is it wrong that I'm doing this now? Am I doing this so early? Everyone is saying that they want to do it in their third year, but I really want to get out now. Instead, everybody was telling me, no, do it in your last year, do it in your last year, get rid of the toughest exams in the end. So then the natural thing was trying to just look in the list of the people who had applied and who got accepted for Paris. It was only me and another guy for the first year of university. I had met this guy before, but you know, just the general, hey, hey, my name is this, my name is that. I vividly remember this. So this must have been a couple of days. I was sleeping on it. I was very nervous. And by the point, the coordinator of the Erasmus told me that one guy had dropped out of Lille. So if I wanted it, that place would have been mine. And I'm like, oh, I'm not ready for this. I cannot. I cannot choose. I don't want to choose. What am I going to do? So I was either doing five months in Lille or a full nine months in Paris. And by the time I was also excited about the idea of Paris, I was so confused, but was it dangerous? There were so many terrorist attacks that were happening, at least to my perception, within Europe. And I remember thinking, okay, when is it going to happen in my home country? It was something going from zero to 100, from someone who never even read the news to someone who was just looking it up and listening to it and being more aware of what was going on. It just felt like a relentless attack. And I just felt very scared of putting myself in a situation and in a country in which, in that country alone, it was happening so often. I was in this mindset, I go to class, there was an English class, and then this guy walks up to me, and he's like, hey, you got accepted for Paris as well, right? And I said, yeah, but I don't know what to do, I'm a bit, yeah, I'm a bit confused. He's like, well, what are you talking about? And then I just word vomited everything that I was feeling. It was before class was starting, I was on the verge of crying, This guy just looked at me like, what the fuck? Like, he just looked at me, he was like, Jesus Christ. At that point when he saw me, he was like, I do not want to be (laughs) doing this experience with this girl. But I just remember being like, I don't know what to do because I don't know what, because everything that is going on and what if it's dangerous? And then like, I didn't want to do nine months. I just wanted to do five months. And how am I going to do it? This is how I actually talk, by the way. How am I going to do it? And when am I going to go? And like, I wanted to do Lille, but I don't know about Lille. And then Paris, everyone is always talking about Paris. And Paris is so, it's so different. It's so complicated. And, and you know, it's expensive. How do I find a house? And all these things. I just literally blurted it all out. All on him. And then he just looked at me, took a step back, very confused. And then I asked him, said, did you think about anything like this? Like, what will you do? And he just told me, of course I'm going. It's Paris. And those words, those words changed everything. For some reason, this person who was about to do it, he did not give a shit about all this stuff. He was just excited. He got accepted into a university that had Sorbonne in its name, so definitely it must have been a cool university. He got accepted into Paris and he was just excited because he won this scholarship. He won it fair and square. And that was such a sobering moment for me because then I thought, if this guy is so happy about it, why am I like this? Like, why am I overthinking it to this point? Why am I so scared because people are telling me what their opinion of the thing is? I remember I had asked, yeah, maybe it's nine months, but there must be a way out. Someone can always leave earlier. They can't not do it. But I was a bit confused with this whole thing that it's a scholarship. You know, it can happen that someone comes back before, right? And she's like, yeah, but I mean, it has to be a good reason. So there were a couple of girls that came back and they interrupted Erasmus because, you know, there was that terrorist attack in Paris. So that's the only way that I'm going to be able to get out of this. It's like I hadn't even started the experience and I already I wanted to have an escape route. 
And I do realize that this is all very heavy, but this is really my honest feelings of what was going on at the time when I decided to do this. And I just hope that if there's someone who had an experience that was a bit different than what was expected, I just hope that people realize that sometimes people go through different experiences and they're just not rewarding. And to this day, I really feel that Paris is, in a sense, a regret of mine, that I want to come back and I want to live it well. And it just happens. Sometimes we just have experiences that don't work out. I was definitely not in a good headspace to do it. So that being said, I'm glad that I'm taking this all out now. This was really what was going through my head when I accepted it. Because I did accept it. Because my friend, Otto, was the person that from that moment onwards, whether he liked it or not, I'm pretty sure that in the beginning he did not like it. <laughs> he wasn't happy that this was going on. He was by my side. I had this person that I was going to go through this entire experience with and I didn't know him and he didn't know me. He probably thought that I was a psychopath by now. I think he thinks that to this day. But that gave me so much more comfort to have someone that I could ask questions if I had no idea what the hell was going on finding the equivalent of the exams, the whole bureaucracy of it. Once I said it out loud, once I was telling people that I was going to Paris, there was a whole, wow, that's so cool. That was the reaction all the time. And so that gave me a lot more confidence. I feel like if I had said, I'm going Erasmus to Lille, they would have been like, okay, cool. But Paris, for some reason, saying the word Paris just brings out a certain elegance to it, a certain fascination around it. And also they will be like, oh yeah, but Parisians, ugh. That's also a collateral effect of it. I get it. I knew that I was just a few hours away from my destination and, and that really made me feel a lot more comfortable about doing this. There was so much more of, how are you going to do it? Are you excited? Aren't you scared? Have you started looking for an apartment? That was very weird because I never had those conversations before leaving for the States because I had no time to prepare for the States. Once I finished all the paperwork, it was in the back of my mind, because by the time I had finished doing that, by the time I had finished my internship, I was in deep trouble <laughs> with the exams and with the classes that I was not studying. I just did not take it seriously my entire first year. I think I was so much into my head, into what my idea of what university would have been like. Expectations have been killing me since, <laughs> since I left for the States. And so by the time that we get towards summer, I am just in such deep shit because I had to do all these exams and I wasn't prepared for them. And of course, genius that I am, what do I do if not leave the hardest exams for last? Deep terror of realizing that, what the fuck have I done? Why did I choose this? I'm never going to be able to pass this exam. And I didn't. So that was one exam that I would have had to do there. My last gigantic exam, I did it... Less than 24 hours before leaving. I have to say that the goodbyes were a bit more feasible, given that everybody knew that I was leaving. I got to say goodbye to everyone. I go back home. I pack. I remember taking a shower. I'm washing my hair, and at a certain point, like, a clump of hair just comes out of my hand. I just start crying so bad. I call my sister. I call my mom. That was a level of stress. It was just a year in which I was chasing specific ideals, everything accumulated, the level of stress accumulated because I just did not know how to deal with things, to a point that prior to leaving, I was just so tired and stressed and exhausted. There were no heartfelt goodbyes the morning of my departure. I 
really do not remember who took me to the airport. I think it must have been my mom and my dad. I had no expectations. I had no dreaming about what my experience would have been like. It was just, oh, I got this last exam done. Now I need to start this again. This is going to be a sensitive topic, and I'm sorry, but this was really what was going through my head and how they had emphasized the terror that we were supposed to have towards a specific group. I remember there were a lot of Arabs on the plane, and I remember feeling scared. I remember sitting next to a guy, and I remember thinking, oh my god, I hope that nothing happens. And I feel horrible saying this, but this is how bad the representation of the media was in the context of the terrorist attacks. I went to the worst possible scenario. There was a normal flight. I get off. And I get into my taxi. My friend was already there. He had arrived, I think, beginning of September. And I left September 15th. I remember feeling frustrated because it felt like yet another time where I did not leave beforehand. I did not enjoy it. Because university was going to start on the 19th of September. Whereas he left earlier... He got to meet already other Erasmus students. Dynamic number one, which is really cool about Erasmus, is that there are so many networks of Erasmus, whether it be of the Erasmus organizing within your university. There's a network of Erasmus trips that are done and events. It's just something where you really don't need to struggle to find and have social interactions. You get in, quick Google search, quick Facebook search, Erasmus Paris, boom. You just have all the groups, all the events, easy access to any kind of social event you want to be part of. So that's a really, really cool thing. And he was just living his best life. He had managed to find an apartment through the university residency network. And for some reason, I did not manage to get that. There was something to do with the scholarship. Either I mentioned it or I didn't mention it. And so I didn't get a university residence. His university residents are very tiny. I think he had like a 16 square meter room with a tiny kitchen, with a bathroom, wardrobe bed. And he was telling me how beautiful it was. He was sending me pictures. He told me that he went to the university and he was just saying, hurry up, hurry up. I want to start this experience with you. And that was the only thing that was keeping me going, thinking that I had at least a friend that was there. I get out of the airport, I get into the taxi, and my French at this point is just not that great. I still have the notes on my phone with written the address of the foyer. The foyer is basically a um, hostel, I guess it would be called a hostel, that was in the center of Paris. It was in the 5th arrondissement. The arrondissement are the quarters in Paris, and basically they go from the center, which is the first, and they just go in a circle. The 5th is pretty central, so I managed to find this hostel where I booked for two weeks, and I thought to myself... That's going to be enough to look for an apartment now. So I did. I was in a taxi and immediately I start seeing... I can remember this. Oh god, it's so weird to have these flashback moments. I remember driving and we're getting more central and more central. And you just see the light that is changing. You just see the buildings changing, the colors, the roofs, which had that particular like blue tint. And the buildings were so beautiful and the balconies were so elegant. And it's just a beautiful immersion because we're going from the outskirts towards the very, very center of Paris. And I remember talking to him. I had such a hard time, my very, very broken French. And he was telling me things. And I had that first flag moment where I was realizing that this was the first time that it was going to be an actual struggle 
with a language. I didn't have that with English. I already spoke English. And it was so hard. But he was telling me, oh, your French is really good. I was like, oh, thank you. And he said, okay, Persians are not that bad. I remember thinking that. It was a fairly short drive. It must have been 20 minutes. And he dropped me in front of this building. Such an old building. It was on a main street where a lot of stores are, a lot of libraries are. And basically, if you continue going straight and you walk down the street, you pass by Sodbon Pantheon and you continue going straight. And then you can see Notre Dame, you can see Shakespeare Company. It's just so central. That was a bit of a wow moment, gazing out of the window, seeing all the buildings. The weather was amazing. I enter the foyer. This woman comes out. She's super friendly. She gives me the key. She brings me to my room. I had got a, a room which was shared with another girl because it was cheaper. It was so expensive, that place. And I remember us like walking up the stairs and you could hear the stairs cracking under your feet. That's how old the place was. But it was really pretty. And she takes me to my room. And basically, the bathrooms were all at the end of the hall. They were all shared. Same thing for the showers. And this room was a really old room, and it had two beds, one next to the other, a little sink, and a mini fridge. Luckily, the roommate was not there. And I say luckily because the second that the door closed behind me, I just remember feeling just this sense of tiredness. <laughs> I wanted to surrender. I just like lied on the bed, I closed my eyes. And immediately it reminded me of when I had gone to the States and it was the first night that I had arrived in the house. And the house was a shock because the house was very tiny. The room was to be shared with the other exchange student. And that kind of moment where everything stops for a minute and you ask yourself, what have I done? Why am I here? I think it was also because I was so tired by that point and stressed. I was just relieved that this person was not there. I remember looking through her books and seeing that there were dictionaries, Spanish, French. So she was a Spanish-speaking person. And I closed my eyes. I didn't even unpack nothing. I sent like a text to my family. like, I arrived. And then I just go to sleep. So I think an hour passes from there. I take a very quick nap. That's my equivalent of a nap. I start in a very surrender mood. That's what I remember. I start unpacking some things and the silence. I think that day was on a Saturday. Everyone was out of there anyways. And I just remember enjoying and savoring the quiet, but that quiet was also numbing in a sense. And I sit down on my bed and I think, okay, what am I going to do today? Am I going to go out? Am I going to try to explore the city? But I remember thinking, I don't have the strength for this. I don't have the strength for this. My friend is going to be out. I will just tell him that I'm tired. I don't want to meet him because he had asked to meet. I just want to be left alone. And I'm, I think I'm just going to be in my bed. Nobody knows that I exist here anyway, so no one is going to force me to do anything. And as I thought that, I hear a key turning in the lock. And this girl comes in. And ah, oh, the burst of energy that this girl had was amazing. So her name was Diana. She was from Colombia. And she was with her other friend who was also from Colombia. I think they were friends from high school and they were in Sorbonne Pantheon. They were studying law. And they had been there at that point. So this is September. They had been there for a couple of months to do a language school, an intensive French course. She has such a big smile on her face. She was so jolly. She just brought this new energy inside the room that you could not not smile. 
she was super nice. She was like, oh, I'm so excited to meet you. Yes, I've been here for a couple of months. We had some roommates here and there. I'll be staying for the year because I'm studying here. And she was just like so, so happy and jolly. And she was saying, what are you doing tonight? And I said, I don't know. I don't really have plans. She said, let's do something together. I don't quite remember what we did. We probably went out to get something to eat. Walking towards Notre Dame, there's this quarter, which is so beautiful, called Cartier Latin. And there's so many little places to buy something from. She gave me a tour of all the foyer. She was saying how it is, how the girls are. She was saying hi to some people in the corridor. It really felt like being in a boarding school. Quickly, the night came. And funnily enough, I brought the winter, literally. I think that day was the last day of summer before it got cold. It literally got cold from one day to the other. And the rain came the day after. So, pat on the back. But the moment that will be instilled in my head from my first night in Paris is basically us coming back because there was a curfew. This foyer had a curfew which was extended on weekends, but it was still like maximum 1am. And we're talking and then she said, you want to see something cool? And basically we walk up the stairs and this foyer had a roof and we go on the roof And she opens the door wide and it just opens to the Eiffel Tower. The most beautiful scene, the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. It was at that time at the night, it was shining, it was glistening. And I was taken aback how beautiful the view was, how beautiful the scenery was. So amazing. And I remember thinking, okay. It's like something switched in my head. On the one hand, it's so amazing to see how one person that doesn't even know you can completely change the trajectory of your day, of your mood. It was so beautiful and such a blessing that I got paired with this girl. And then on the other hand, there was literally a switch in my head that said, wait a second, I could see myself living here. Could this be my new place? where I feel that I'm part of something, where I feel that this is my city. Everyone talks about Paris, everyone loves Paris, maybe this could be my thing. But up until that point, I really didn't think about that. From that moment, I became the most obnoxious person ever, with the whole rhetoric around wanting to find my place in the world, hoping that this will be my place, feeling that I need to travel until I find which is my city, which is my home, and what is my definition of home. And this is what I mean by cliché. From that moment, for me, it was not an Erasmus. It was never an Erasmus for me. That's why I feel like I did not do it right. Because I did not give a damn. I did not give a damn about going out and partying all night and having that sense of independence, having that sense of living on my own. I had already done all that. Those emotions that I think are associated to what the Erasmus experience is, is just something that was done and dealt with many years before, which also makes me think that I lived it in a different way because I lived it in a, and this is not to be obnoxious, in a more mature way. And sadly, I was more cynical at that point because I had already done it. My expectations have been destroyed as to how easy doing an experience abroad is, but also the fact that I was just so much more cautious of what I was stepping into, aware of really not wanting to screw it up. Because for me, the beginning of my experience in in the States, and in general, what the experience was, did not give me what I was looking for. 
It gave me so much more compared to that, but it did not give me what I had gone there for that day. I remember thinking, I can see this working out. And it felt like I was opening a definite chapter of my life. All those hopes completely translated into how will this be the successful ending story in which I can say that after traveling and after searching, I found this place in which I was completely myself, in which I loved the city, in which everything just felt so beautiful and natural and effortless. That's a lot to peg onto an experience that you're doing when you're 20 years old, right? <laughs> that is a lot to expect from something when you're so young, but then at the same time, I think I really felt that I had that struggle for a better understanding, struggle for a better future, which I imagine it's something that you would have at the age that I have now or when you're further on in your life, trying to understand, you know, your career choices and, and life and work. And so to have that desire that was so toxic in a sense, that was so, I need to find my place, that really messed it up a bit. This is something I'm realizing while I'm saying it now. I just did not do an Erasmus. To me, it was, let me find the excuse to leave. And then whatever it's going to be, it's going to be. But then when I got there, I had to follow what everyone else was doing. So then there was this weird mix of delusion as to what I was looking for, comparison as I was not holding up to what I had been told about this experience. I truly think that if I had not done the year abroad, I would have had that same level of naivety, I would have had that same level of excitement for something new, that desire to want to have my first independent experience, to be away, to reinvent myself, to find myself. And I really could see my peers going through that. It was, in a sense, also really beautiful to see them go through that, them experiencing that change, them realizing things that they actually liked or did not like, seeing them also have different life choices based on that experience alone. But I think for me, my expectations were also kind of crashed at that point. I was already in that second phase where you have that first crashing of expectations, which happened in such a colossal way, that when I left for Paris, I needed to go to the next level. And my automatic next level was, it needs to be my place. It needs to be my city. It needs to be my home, because my home is clearly not good for me enough. I don't feel like I thrive in it. I don't feel I can be fully me in it. So that didn't work out. That's fine. That's cool. But this will be my home. This will be my new place where I will come back and I will tell everyone that I fell in love with Paris, that it's going to be my place, that I'm going to move here. I'll be happily ever after. It's also in Europe. It's going to be easier. Let's fall in love with France. Let's fall in love with Paris. And I think I'm going to leave it at that. It would be nice to just end it on a kind of good note. I know it sounds like a kind of good slash psychopathic note, but I think it's really nice and it's really refreshing to just be honest about what I was feeling. And this is really, really, really the first time that I'm ever saying this because I never really talked about the Erasmus in general. Having done it and given that so many people have done it, there really was nothing that had to be found out about it. You either had people saying like, oh, that's so cool, I did it as well. You must have had an amazing life. You must have had an amazing experience. And people who were low-key either judgmental or jealous or 
just did not think it was a good idea or a waste of time doing that and leaving, and it felt like running away. In the spirit of keeping up this whole blog, which is a conversation nobody wanted to have with me, here I am, presenting my experience of what the Erasmus was, my reckoning with what I was looking for, what I wanted out of this experience, and how, in the future, I really tried to make them combine. I want to end this by saying that it was a really good experience. It ended up, as usual, giving me something that I wasn't even looking for. But it happened in just the hardest way. Everything that happened from Paris onwards is what I am today. And I know I said that for the year abroad, but the year abroad kind of set the scene for it. But after that, I was not really living. I was just going through the motions of what was expected of me, that I had to go to university, that I had to graduate, that I had to find an internship, that I had to look for a job. It really felt like I knew exactly what my trajectory was going to be, and that was pretty much it. And to me, university wasn't that desire to want to explore and expand what I already knew and find out what my career is. To me, university was just, okay, this will keep me busy for three years in hopes that I will be able to figure out what I wanted to do when I was in it. And the Erasmus was, I think, honestly, the only thing that made my university experience worthwhile, because I did not live it well. I did not live it to my fullest potential, and I don't think that university is an environment in which I thrive. I love having that level of, of dialogue and discussion and confrontation. I met the most interesting people, and I have the most amazing friends because of my university experience. But in terms of what I learned, I don't think it left that much of an impact on me. I'm really, really glad that I did it. And from Paris, there was such a shift in me that really brought to a level of self-awareness, a level of reflection, a level of reckoning with the world around me that was crucial to what I am doing today and how I'm living my life today. So even if it wasn't glamorous, even if it wasn't what I expected, I still fell in love with Paris. But that is also why I feel like I would like to go back, because I feel like I did not do it right the first time. We will be exploring all of this as we go along. Now I can actually say that I'm excited. Now that I got this weird part out of the way, and don't get me wrong, there are a lot of bad things that continue happening as we go on with the series. Here we are, the beginning of series number two. I hope in some way you enjoyed it. <laughs> hope this makes you reflect about your experiences. Hope you had a better beginning of things than I did. But I'm excited to share you mine now. See you next time. <laughs>